Blog Talk Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, The Eleventh Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome, and remember, beware, because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Welcome, everyone. I'm January Jones, and this is my co-host. Her name is Ginger Ale. And she's our new five-month-old puppy. She'll be back for the closing segment and uh, if she's not sleeping or doing the other things puppies do. There she goes. <laughs> now for my audience, let me ask you a question. Would you like to learn more about what it's like to be an author in your golden years? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to write your own memoir? Well, I don't have to wonder because I'm working on mine. And I'll tell you, it's the hardest thing I've ever tried to write in my entire life. The hard part is that at 78 years, you have to try to be honest. And when you look back on your memories, sometimes honesty is the most difficult policy. Would you like to meet someone who has actually created a new career in his senior moment? Are you ready to make some big changes in your life and learn some helpful lessons? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions then you are in the right place. And I would like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So now it's time to sit back, relax, go get some wine, cheese, and crackers so you can join me in the no okay, wine good. zone. There's a now let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. Well, actually, our lead-in, you may notice I'm wearing an oxygen tube. When I invited our wonderful guest on the show today, he said, well, I don't know if you want me on a TV show because I'm on oxygen. And I said, wow, yes, I definitely want you on my show because guess what? I'm on oxygen too. And it's something that seniors can relate to. So I hope you enjoy (laughs) our oxygen show today. My guest completed his bachelor and master's degrees in fine art, and began teaching art in colleges in Texas. He later completed the Doctor of Education at Illinois State University. 
He taught in liberal arts colleges before becoming director of an art school in upstate New York for the last 20 years of his college work. His first book was a memoir, The Boy on Shady Grove Road. It's part of a story of his life as a child growing up in a dirt farm in Arkansas. The book details how he was raised by parents with little money, lots of love, and times were hard for the family, but they made it through. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show today, Clyde McCauley. Hi, Clyde. How are you doing today, dear? Hi. Hi, January. I am great. I uh, appreciate you wearing your tube today, too. Uh, <laughs> you didn't have to do that for me, but I, uh, since I developed pulmonary fibrosis, I do have to wear mine now. So I'm kind of limited, but I'm tickled to be with you on your show today. Oh, I'm happy to have you. And, you know, actually, I'm a kind of a little bit of a fake here because I only wear my tube at night. Oh, but uh, but for you, I would wear it during the day. I'd do anything for you, dear. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah. It's so exciting to have you back and help well, me start you. this new live Talk for TV network. I'll be doing this podcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. So just go to talkfortv.com and tune in throughout the year. Clyde, it's so nice to have you back with us to share your success story. Um, you know, the question I have for you is the one about writing a memoir. How did you approach it? How long did it take you to do it? And what are your thoughts about it? Okay. Well, <clears throat> my kids had always told me, you know, I used to tell them some little stories about my childhood as I was, as they were growing up. And so... <laughs> They're both grown now, of course, and even have children, both of them, and uh, and I have grandchildren from them. And so anyway, they said, Dad, would you write those stories? We'd like to hear those stories. We'd love to hear them. But So I decided, well, I'll just sit down and start doing it. So I kind of wrote them in just little stories from what I remembered. And it's a good thing about a memoir is it's your story. So, <laughs> you know, nobody really knows everything that's, that's correct about it except you. So I started writing these stories, and... Mm -hmm. I don't know, I probably did the book for six months or so and pulled it all together and uh, and I got it published and uh, then started trying to sell it some. So, <clears throat> and then I started doing some book signings and all those kinds of things. <clears throat> so what do you, uh, I find it very hard. I'm working on mine and I'm about three fourths through. Uh -huh. The hard part is when you do this, you have to commit to being totally, truly honest. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's pretty hard to do don't you yeah. think <laughs> yeah that's really true and you know everyone should try writing their story I, mm -hmm. I really encourage people to on my uh, Facebook and so forth I encourage people to write their stories for themselves and for their kids and their whoever comes after them they should know your story whether you sell it or not it's not even important at this point mm -hmm. you know at, at this point in your life you don't have to depend on a book hopefully so but it's nice to have the story that they can read. Yeah, for sure. Tell me, uh, how did your uh, your friends and family in your hometown, how did they react to you writing the story of yourself and your town? How did that go over? Well, <clears throat> I published <clears throat> the book, and, and I got a phone call one day <clears throat> from a man that worked at the uh, local newspaper, and he said, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I'm from the local newspaper here where you were raised. And he said, I'd like to see if you 
instead of coming down to Benton, Arkansas, and doing some book signings for us, and, uh, you know, read your book, and we'd all love to hear from you. I thought, well, that'd be great. Well, you know, we should do that. So my wife and I got in our car and loaded our books up, and we went to Benton, Arkansas, and <laughs> we had a great time. Oh, I was like a I was like a rock star. You would have so, you know, I mean, anybody that had written a book, you know, you are next to God and rock star, at least, you know. So it was funny, but I mean, I'm teasing there a little bit, but yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. The the audiences were great. Uh, you know, I met old friends that I'd gone to school with. Some of us remember things from each other and some of us didn't remember even <laughs> each other. And it was kind of fun, but we had a good time. And I was very well received. Uh -huh. So... And then you were, I understand that you were presented the Arkansas Traveler Award by the governor of the state. How exciting is that? Yeah, okay. I even have it for you to show you. If you I can try to hold it up here. See. Oh, wonderful. Great. This is the Arkansas Traveler. Uh -huh. It says that I'm a, an ambassador for oh. the state now. <clears throat> and this is not given to that many people. I think they've only given it to about 60 recipients since it was Again, Eleanor, uh, not Eleanor, uh, Franklin Eleanor Roosevelt was mm -hmm. the first one to receive this award. Oh, and nice. Reagan has gotten it, and you know, Dell Emmons, and Roy Rogers, and Gene Autry, and, <laughs> and lots of people, including Claude. And I was just shocked because I don't fit in with all those other people at all. But anyway, I was given the award, and it's presented by the one of the uh, senators of the state, a representative, and he did it on behalf of the governor. So I was oh. thrilled. And they all thought that you know, I was really a rock star. <clears throat> <laughs> well, I couldn't think of a better ambassador for Arkansas than you. Now, oh, you. Pr prior to writing, you were a visual artist. Yes. So was it difficult to make the transition from visual art to writing? Tell us how that went for well, you. <clears throat> I'd always been a visual artist. I started off painting and that type of thing, and then went into some sculpture and then did some filmmaking toward the end and, and got into photography more. Mm -hmm. And uh, so once I got to the point where it was getting too hard for me to go out and photograph because of my pulmonary fibrosis, I thought, well, I should try, I guess I should get on to writing this book and doing that. So I started doing that. And actually, January, I found that <clears throat> I was getting the same feelings of uh, appreciation of, of creativity as I was doing these, writing these books as I was when I was painting or photographing or whatever. I was still feeling the creative thing happening. And it's so neat because I didn't know that could happen from one medium over to another. <clears throat> but I just found that it did. I was getting the same type of satisfaction from putting painting words instead of painting the mm -hmm. painting on canvas. And so I started doing that. Not knowing, I mean, I'm not a great writer, so don't misunderstand me. I don't claim to be, but I've been having myself a good time in my old age. <laughs> Well, I definitely can relate to it because, as you know, I've written, too. I know. And uh, right now I'm going to promote my first book that I wrote when I was 50 years old, mm. Thou Shalt Not Wine, The Eleventh Commandment. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. 
January is the success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Wine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com. Welcome back to the No Wine Zone with my guest, Clyde McCauley, who is definitely not a whiner. Uh, he is a true winner. And Clyde, before we go on with the interview, could you share contact information for our fans, how they can uh, go to your website, how they can buy your books? And I know you have a special offer for them today, too. Yes. Uh, the, the probably easiest way for you to find is to go to my website. It's, it's called Mama's White Gravy. Dot com is M A M A S Mama's White W H I T E Gravy G R A V Y dot com Mama's White Gravy dot com and they can see all my books there and about podcasts and everything else and uh, another site is ClydeMcCauley dot com but uh, Mama's White Gravy will give you probably the best one and of course you can go to Amazon and just type in uh, under books Clyde McCauley uh, and they should come up and show you on there. Okay. Now, let me ask you a question about Mama's White Gravy. Yeah. Now, was this served on everything you ate in Arkansas? Well, we, when, you're, when you're poor and you don't have a lot to eat, uh, flour and milk uh, makes gravy, and so does it make biscuits. And, you know, so you eat a lot of biscuits and gravy and that type of thing. And I love my Mother's White Gravy. So I was raised on it not knowing it was poor man's food. I thought it was delicious food. And so when I went to name this little thing, I just thought, I'll honor my mother by calling it Mama's White Gravy. So if you go to mamaswhitegravy.com, you'll find me. Uh, wonderful. I, I, I loved your book, and I was particularly enchanted with your relationship with your nephew, Kenny. And you share so many stories about adventures that you and Kenny had together. I, I know he has passed, but what a wonderful memory you must have of him. Yes, we were raised like brothers. He was just three years younger than me. My oldest sister, <clears throat> they had a child, and, and uh, it was Kenny. Uh, but I was the last of, of six kids. I was the last one born eight years after the rest of them. So all the rest of my uh, family were pretty much ahead of me. So Kenny came along just perfect time for me. Uh, yeah. My my husband has a, a nephew that is uh, seven years younger than him. His sister had a child very close to his age, and they have a really close bond uh, through the years. And even now, we still get to have visits with him, and we love being with him. Yeah. Now, tell, tell us what it's like for you to come on these podcasts and share your memories. Is this a uh, positive thing for you to do or do you hesitate? Is it difficult? Well, I did it for a short time. I was not interviewing people. I was just doing a little short stories about Arkansas and things the way it were, the way they were when I grew up and so forth. And so, you know, I had a few thousand people that were following them. 
but you know, not a big following of people, but I had fun doing it. And it's getting difficult now for me with my voice to even speak. So uh, I'm having a little trouble today, but I think I'll get through the hour. And uh, <laughs> so but I'm kind of not doing it, but you go and hear about 30 of them or, of them or whatever. Uh, on my mama's white gravy, you'll see uh, how to get that to the podcast link for that. So and they're kind of fun to listen to, you know, how, uh, you know, when they were having a baptism in the river, when I was a kid and, uh, <laughs> and the snake came in, snake came in the river and drove, drove everybody out of the river. Yeah, I mean, there's so many fun stories like that. You know, yeah. the time we fell in the well, and just lots of fun, fun things. <laughs> well, I've read, I've read the book, and it is a most uh, enjoyable book, and it's a wonderful picture of times when life was simpler. Yeah. And things were, you know, I think things were a little more black and white. Life was a lot easier.